0: Of the bore you to sleep podcast we're going to listen to a book called on the trail an outdoor book for girls by lena beard and adelia bell beard the book was published in new york by charles scribner's sons in 1915. i hope you enjoy it and as always not so much It keeps you awake, but hopefully, you sit back, relax, and fall a little sleepy. To all girls who love the life of the open, we dedicate this book. Presentation The joyous, exhilarating call of the wilderness and the forest camp is surely and steadily penetrating through the barriers of brick, stone, and concrete, though the more or less artificial life of town and city and the American girl is listening eagerly. It is awakening in her longings for free, wholesome, and adventurous outdoor life, for the innocent delights of nature loving, thorough, and bird loving burrows. Sturdy, independent, self reliant, she is now demanding outdoor books that are genuine and filled with practical information books that tell how to do worthwhile things that teach real woodcraft and are not adapted to the girl supposed to be afraid of a caterpillar or to shudder at the sight of a harmless snake in answer to the demand on the trail has been written the author's deep desire is to help girls respond to this new insistent call by pointing out to them the open trail. It is their hope and wish that their girl readers may seek the charm of the wild and may find the same happiness in the life of the open that the American boy has enjoyed since the first settler built his little cabin on the shores of the New World. To forward this object, the why and the how, the where and when of things of camp and trail have been embodied in this work. Thanks are due to Edward Cave, President and Editor of Recreation, for kindly allowing the use of some of his wildlife photographs. On the Trail, Chapter 1 Trailing What the outdoor world can do for girls How to find the trail And how to keep it There is a something in you As in everyone, every man, woman, girl and boy That requires the tonic life of the wild You may not know it Many do not, but there is a part of your nature that only the wild can reach, satisfy and develop. The much housed, overheated, overdressed and over entertained life of most girls is artificial. And if one does not turn away from it and leave it for a while, one also becomes greatly artificial and must go through life knowing the joy the strength the poise that real outdoor life can give what is it about a true woodsman that instantly compels our respect that sets him apart from the men who might be of his class in village or towns and puts him in a class by himself Though he may be exteriorly rough and have little or no book education. The real Adirondack of the Northwoods guide, alert, clean limbed, clear eyed, hard muscled, bearing his pack basket or duffel bag on his back, doing all of the hard work of the camp, never loses his poise. the simple dignity which he shares with all things of the wild it is bred in him is a part of himself and the life he leads he is a conscious of his superior knowledge of the woods as an astronomer is of his knowledge of the stars and patiently tolerates the ignorance and awkwardness of the tenderfoot from the city. Only a keen sense of humour can make this toleration possible, for I have seen things done by a city-dweller at camp that would enrage a woodsman, unless the irresistibly funny side of it made him laugh his inward laugh, that seldom reaches the surface. To live for a while in the wild strengthens the muscles of your mind as well as your body. Flabby thoughts and flabby muscles depart together and they are released. The enthusiasm and vigor of purpose by strength of limb and chest and back. To have seems not so desirable as to be. When you once comb into sympathy with this world of the wild which holds our cultivated artificial world in the hollow of its hand and gives it life. New joy, good, wholesome, heartfelt joy will well up within you. New and absorbing interests will claim your attention. You will breathe deeper, stand straighter. The small, petty things of life will lose their seeming importance, and great things will look larger and infinitely more worthwhile. You will know that the woods, the fields, the streams, the great waters bear wonderful messages for you. And little by little, you will learn and read them. The majority of people who visit the up-to-date hotels of Adirinax, which their wily proprietors call camps may think they see the wild and living in it, but for them it is only a big picnic ground through which they rush with unseeing eyes and whose cloisters they invade with unfeeling hearts, seemingly for the one purpose of building a fire, cooking their lunch, eating it, and then hurrying back to the comforts of the hotel and the gaiety of hotel life. At their careless and noisy approach, the forest suddenly withdraws itself into its deep reserve and reveals no secrets. It is as if they entered an empty house and passed through deserted rooms. But all the time, the intruders are stealthily watched by unseen, hostile or frightened eyes. Every form of moving life is stilled and magically fades into its background. The tawny rabbit halts amid the dry leaves of a fallen tree. No one sees it. The sinuous weasel slips silently under a rock by the side of the trail and is unnoticed. The mother grouse crouches low amid the underbrush and her little ones follow her example. But the careless company has no time to observe and drifts quickly by. Only the impressible red squirrel might be seen. But isn't when he loses his balance and drops to a lower branch in his efforts to miss nothing of the excitement of his invasion. This is not romance. It is truth. To think sentimentally about nature, to sit by a babbling brook and try to put your supposed feelings into verse will not help you know the wild. The only way to cultivate the sympathy and understanding which will enable you to feel its heartbeats is to go to it humbly Ready to see the wonders, ready to appreciate love and its beauties, and ready to meet on friendly and cordial terms the animal life whose home it is. The wild world is, indeed, a wonderful world. How wonderful and interesting we learn only by degrees. An actual experience. It is free but not lawless. To enter it fully, we must obey these laws which are slowly and silently oppressed upon us. It is a wholesome, life-giving, inspiring world, and when you have learned to conform to its rules, you are met on every hand. By friendly messages to guide you and teach you the ways of the wild wild birds wild fruits and plants and gentle furtive wild animals you cannot put their messages into words but you can feel them and then suddenly you no longer care soft cushions and rugs for shaded lamps dainty fare and finery for paved streets and concrete walks you want to plant your feet upon the earth in its natural state however rugged or boggy it may be you want your cushions to be of the soft moss beds of the piney woods and with the unparalleled source of a healthy hearty appetite you want to eat your dinner out of doors cooked over the outdoor fire and to drink water from a birch bark cup brought cool and dripping from the bubbling spring you want oh how you want to sleep on a springy bed of balsam bovs wrapped in soft warm woolen blankets with the sweet night air of all outdoors to breathe while you sleep. You want your flower garden not with great and gorgeous masses of bloom orderly beds but keeping always charming surprises for unexpected times and in unexpected places you want the flowers that grow without your help in ways you have not planned that hold the enchantment of the wilderness some people are born with this love for the wild some attain it but in either case the joy is there and to find it You must seek it. Your chosen trail may lead through the primeval forests or into the great western deserts or plains. Or it may reach only leftover bits of the wild which can be found at no great distance from home. Even a bit of meadow or woodland. Even an uncultivated field on the hilltop will give you a taste of the wild and if you strike the trail in the right spirit you will find upon arrival that these remnants of the wild world have much to show and teach you there are the sky the clouds the lungfuls of pure air the growing things which send their roots Where they will and not in a man ordered way there is wildlife that obeys no man's law the insects the birds and small four-footed animals on all sides you'll find evidence of wildlife if you look for it here you may make camp for a day and enjoy that day as much as if They were one of many in several weeks' camping trip. However, this is not to be a book of glittering generalities, but as far as it can be made, one of practical helpfulness in outdoor life. Therefore, when you are told to strike the trail, you must also be told how to do it. When you strike the trail for any journey by rail or by boat one has a general idea of the direction to be taken the character of the land or water to be crossed and of what one will find at the end so it should be in striking the trail Learn all you can about the path you are to follow. Whether it is plain or obscure, wet or dry. Whether it leads and its lengths, measured more by time than by actual miles. A smooth, even trail of five miles will not consume the time and strength. That must be expended upon a trail of half that length which leads over uneven ground, buried by bogs and obstructed by rocks and fallen trees, or a trail that is all uphill climbing. If you are a novice and accustomed to walking only over smooth and level ground, You must allow more time for covering the distance than an experienced person would require and must count upon the expenditure of more strength because your feet are not trained to the wilderness paths with their pitfalls and traps for the unwary and every nerve and muscle will be strained to secure a safe foothold amid the tangled roots on the slippery moss-covered logs over precipitous rocks that lie in your path. It will take time to pick your way over boggy places where the water oozes through the thin loamy soil as through a sponge and experience alone will teach you which hummock of grass or moss will make a safe stepping place and will not sink beneath your weight and soak your feet with hidden water. Do not scorn to learn all you can about the trail you are to take, although your questions may call forth superior smiles it is not that you hesitate to encounter difficulties but that you may prepare for them in unknown regions take a responsible guide with you unless the trail is short easy followed and frequented one do not go alone through lonely places and being on the trail, keep it and try no explorations on your own, at least not until you are quite familiar with the country and the ways of the wild. Blazing the trail, a woodsman usually blazes his trail by chipping with his axe the trees he passes leaving white scars on their trunks and to follow such a trail you stand at your feet first tree until you see the blaze on the next and go to that and look for one farther on going in this way from tree to tree you keep the trail though it may underfoot be overgrown and indistinguishable if you must make a trail of your own blaze it as you go by bending down and breaking branches of the trees underbrush and bushes let the broken branches be on the side of bush or tree in the direction you are going but bent down away from that side or toward the bush so that the lighter underside of the leaves will show and make a plain trail. Make these signs conspicuous and close together for in returning a dozen feet without the broken branch will sometimes confuse you especially as everything has a different look when seen from the opposite side. By this same token, it is a wise precaution to look back frequently as you go and impress the homeward-bound landmarks on your memory. If your wanderings, you have branched off, and made ineffectual or blind trails which lead nowhere. And in returning to camp, you are led astray by one of them. Do not leave the false trail and strike out to make a new one, but turn back and follow the false trail to its beginning, for it must lead to the true trail again. I hope you've enjoyed the readings this evening from this book. Hopefully, you're feeling a little bit sleepy now. And if you'd like to, feel free to listen to one of the other episodes. In the meantime, good night, and I'll speak with you soon.